Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm your host, Silwan. It's great to be with you on this Tuesday, the day after we remembered Pearl Harbor. And might I add, I found out later in the day, one of my heroes, Chuck Yeager, passed away yesterday. I'll probably do a program on him soon. But today, I want to talk about Mark Twain and what I call the disintegration of discourse. Our inability to have good discussions. This came about because... A buddy of mine and I had a little online discourse that ended up being filled with a lot of emotion, and it made me think that even among friends, today seems like more than ever it's hard to just have a good discussion, especially when you're coming at something from two different sides. I got a few quotes from Mark Twain I want to share with you, and I picked Mark Twain on purpose because there's a lot of things Mark Twain said, Mark Twain believed that. I don't believe that I have a strong difference of opinion. But just because you have a strong difference of opinion with somebody on one thing doesn't mean they're wrong about another thing, and it doesn't mean you can't learn from that different opinion. I think that's one thing that gets lost today. When someone criticizes you, your first reaction should be to listen, to consider what they're saying, to not immediately fight back, to ask yourself, Is there truth in that? Where is the truth in that? Mark Twain is one of those people. But today, I'm not going to talk about the things I disagree with Mark Twain. I'm just going to point out a few quotes that I think are important for our times. It was important when Mark Twain wrote them. I'm going to share with you. So here's the first one. I'm quite sure now that often, very often, in matters concerning religion and politics, A man's reasoning powers are not above the monkeys. (laughs) Now, why is that? Why does he say that? Now, from my experience, I believe this is why. Because religion and politics, like nothing else, can get so tied up in our identity, who we are. It's more than just this topic we are discussing. It's me. You know, I am a Methodist. I am a Catholic. I am an atheist. That's who I am. Same thing with politics. I am a Democrat. I am a Republican. I am an independent. It gets so tied up in our identity that it becomes emotional and that an attack on the thing we identify with becomes an attack on us and conversations can devolve into emotion very quickly. And the worst danger is is usually the second You're saying to yourself, I'm the reasonable one and they're the emotional one. It's the exact opposite. And more than likely, it's both. Facts are stubborn things, but statistics are more pliable. Now, obviously, this is back in the 1800s. It's it's one reason I hate this whole COVID discussion. Because statistics can be so easily manipulated based upon the inputs, based upon, 
you, you, you know, the, the, the data you have or the data you might not have, or you based upon what your supposition is. I mean, you can see it in COVID. I mean, it's bad. People have died. It's not as bad as they told it, told us it was going to be. You know, initially they said science says you don't need to wear a mask. And all of a sudden science says you got to wear a mask. You know, statistics says these types of events are super spreaders. And then in California, they let that type of event occur at the same time they're locking down the country because Hollywood people all want to get together for dinner. You know, statistics are pliable. You, you can make them believe whatever you want. You know, again, look at the COVID death rate. If you are somebody that believes everything should be locked down and COVID is, could potentially destroy our society, you might look at statistics this way. Well, I don't care what you say. 99.8% survival rate really is a meaningless number because over a thousand people, that's like, you know, 200 people out of a, a thousand or 20 people out of a thousand. And if you multiply that times millions, that's tens of thousands of people. And it's very serious. And then somebody on the other side who thinks that, um, the danger of COVID is overstated and it's not as great a pandemic as they say and things shouldn't be shut down. They look at that and they go, you're telling me you're scared at something that only about, you know, 5% of the population has been tested to have and of those 99.8% of them are going to be totally fine and the ones that aren't totally fine have multiple conditions usually that you could identify ahead of time and maybe isolate them and protect them and you're going to shut everything down because of that? You see what I mean? That's pliability. And then not only that, then it goes into the word of those statistics come from. And that's why in a world where you talk about things, okay, on worldwide and, 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 and countrywide numbers, statistics can be manipulated and they are not the same things as facts. Well, Mark Twain knew that. Just pointing it out. And remember that when you're arguing with one another. And one person's throwing out this statistic and another person's throwing out that statistic. Remind yourselves, do we really know what those mean? They're, they could change. Don't break up relationships because you're arguing about statistics because they're not the same thing as one plus one equals two. In the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, Succeeds, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. Now, just because you're in the minority doesn't mean you are right. But when you are right, when you do see all of society believing one thing and you go it's wrong, you're going to be in the minority. You're going to be hated. You're going to be scorned. It's why... Again, why statistics, numbers, well, when 60% of the population believes this, they must be right. I mean, think of how we judge presidents. Think of how the media judges presidents a lot of times. They have a 51% approval rating. They're headed for a landslide victory. Oh, they have a 42% approval rating. They're horrible. They'll never be elected. I mean, what's it have to do with anything? Not only that, you know, again, it's one of my pet peeves. This is going to sound bad. But whatever happened, you know, when you're in school, and you're in a class. Let's say you're taking an English class. And you need some help with your English. You need an opinion on your English essay. Are you going to ask an A student or a C student? Who are you going to ask? 
<laughs> Who do you think is going to give you better advice? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the A student every time is going to give you good advice and the C student every time is going to give you bad advice or vice versa. But who are you going to go to? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> we get, we get uh, out of high school, we get out of college, and everything's a popularity contest, and we forget that a lot of people who are C, D, and F students, their opinion is being offered up as just as valuable as the A and B students. Now, the danger of that, of course, is elitism, which is a whole other problem, you know. The elite get in their bubble think, and they forget that they can be wrong and others can be right. But still, remember that. Where are these opinions coming from? Who has them? And, and sometimes you can see the truth when nobody else does. And you got to be willing to fight. you got to be willing to be in the minority. And then this leads to another quote of his I love. Whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it is time to pause and reflect. When everybody is saying, no, this is the way it is, that doesn't mean it's wrong, but that is definitely the time to say to yourself, hold on a minute here, am I missing something? Am I not seeing something? One of the things I talk about in my leadership classes is the paradigm paralysis, and it's this idea from this researcher that came up with the paradigm effect that if you got a whole big group of scientists and they're very, very experienced, you know, PhDs, world-renowned, and you give them an experiment that they learn, you know, like in grad school, they've done a million times, they know what the answer is going to be, and you change some factors in the experiment, the scientists most likely to overlook those factors that were changed are the ones who are most experienced, the ones who are sure that they are right. And it is a reminder that in many ways, the more expert you get, the more experienced you get, the more you seem to be in the majority, the more you need to be willing to question yourself. Now, why do I bring all these things up? Because all of them, in a way, are key to being able to have a discourse with another human being. Recognizing, especially things like religion and politics, we as unbiased as we want to believe we are, it is tied up in our identity and we get influenced by our emotion and our identity and things that aren't necessarily just pure logic. Okay? We need to understand that numbers, statistics are arguable. Okay? They're not always right. Just because 51% of the people believe it doesn't mean they're right. Just because studies say doesn't mean those studies aren't going to be changed or found to be wrong later. Just because you're in the minority doesn't mean you're wrong. Just because you're in the majority doesn't mean you're right. In both cases, you need to be willing to reflect and to listen. Now, in my opinion, you know, just my life, it could have been worse at other times. It could have been worse when Mark Twain lived. I don't know. But in my lifetime, it's never been harder to talk with people. You know, I think one of the reasons for this is so much of the talk is done on social media, and it just becomes gotcha. Oh, I gotcha. See, you said that, and then I looked this up, and you're wrong. You know, and I think people do it because it is public, because other people see them. And look, I'm smarter than you. And it's so easy for what, what, what ordinarily you might do in your room 
you know, you know, in a room with each other over coffee. Well, let me go back and check that. Oh, you know what? I found this out and that was wrong. You know, and you're doing it together. And it really is an interaction between friends and people that it becomes like this event. And it's not private anymore. And, and, and it turns it into this game. And, and you know what? They, they want it to be a game. They want you to argue. More people watch, you know? We might not like the person who yells fire in a crowded movie theater, but guess what? People listen. Now, what are my suggestions if you find yourself caught up in this, in our culture? Well, here's what I suggest to you. And it's, again, why, why, why I love some of these quotes from Mark Twain, because in reality, through his satire, he's suggesting the same things. Okay? Do less arguing, do less reacting, and do more listening you know, and if you see something on Facebook, if you see something on Twitter, if, if a friend says something to you, don't react right away. Just read it. Listen to it. And then what I like to do is write out. You know, if, if, if I see something I want to respond to, I like to write it out and then look at it myself and go, does that make sense? Is my response emotional? Is my response based on fact? Am I attacking them? Am I asking questions? A lot of times I'll share it. I'll bounce it off friends. I'll say, what do you think? And then, and then more importantly, one reason I like to write out responses to things, especially things like religion or politics or things that are contentious, I like to read it out and then look at it and then ask myself, is it logical? Is it supported? Okay, is, it, is, it, is that really going to influence somebody to believe what I see to be the truth? Or is that just a reaction? Is that just emotion? Is it just me attacking someone? Because if it's those things, what's the point? You know, we homeschool our children. And one thing that I have found that's a benefit is, you know, very early on when they're young, I mean, they're young, junior high school, we teach them logic and Latin. And the reason that we did that is because more than anything, we wanted to teach them how to think. We wanted them to be able to think logically on their own. Latin is important because you understand where language comes from, where words come from, the meaning of things. And I really believe that because of that, because we taught our kids how to think, it is why you know, our, our three oldest are all teenagers. Actually, well, we've got five teenagers now, but the three oldest are, you know, in their late teens, early 20s. And we still have a great relationship with them. We still talk to them. We still talk to them about religion and politics and what we believe. And, and I really think that we're able to do it because we taught them how to think. We taught them how to listen. We taught them how to be logical. You know, we taught them just because somebody gives you a different opinion, your first reaction is not to prove why they, why they are wrong. Your first reaction is to listen and to understand and try to know where they're coming from and to learn from it. And see, if you have two people doing that, you won't get in a fight. You might not agree with each other. Okay, there might be moments that get a little hot and heavy, but at the end of the day, you'll walk away both people being better off. It's the kind of thing you got to practice. you got to practice listening. you got to practice researching. you got to practice trying to understand the other person's position. I think it's a valuable skill for parenting. I think it's a valuable skill for leadership. I think it's a valuable skill in religion and in politics. And most people don't have it. Most people don't listen. They react. You know, if you're listening to me and you're a parent, you know you're at your worst when you do that. You know you're at your worst when you just react in the moment to your kids, that you don't listen, that you don't look in the mirror, that you don't ask yourself what's my part of this. You know, those of you that are listening that are single, Think about political discussions. Think about religious discussions. You know you're at your worst when you're just reacting, when you feel offended, when you feel like 
You've been attacked. Well, as long as we act that way and as long as we allow people in the media, people in social media to get that reaction out of us because they want ratings and they want people arguing, nothing's going to change in our world. Nothing is going to change. You got to be willing to fight for what is right, but to know that it's right, you got to be willing to listen. You got to be willing to change your mind sometimes. You got to consider your opinion. You got to ask, where is it coming from? Is it logical? Is it supported? Why do I believe what I believe? And then you want to try to share and teach and in some cases demand that other people act the same way. Let's change this culture where we can't talk. Let's change this culture where we can't have a different opinion yet still learn from each other. It's only going to end in bad things and it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. And the problem, of course, is ultimately if neither side does that, eventually there'll be a fight. And that's how it'll be settled. And sometimes, depending on your point of view, the good guys win the fight, and sometimes the bad guys win the fight. But we don't want to have to get there. We shouldn't have to get there. Mark Twain knew it's an age-old human problem, accelerated today with technology. Really, you know, I, I hear people say sometimes, oh, these, this is the same thing ever. Well, you know, we've had similar discussions throughout, you know, mankind's history, but never at this rate. You know, I think the problem with media, the reason that this needs to be talked about, you need to have this discussion with your family, with your friends. How do we discuss things? How do I come to my opinions? Okay? How do we do this in a way that doesn't lead to disharmony? It's because the data can fly, the discussions can fly at the speed of emotion. And the speed of emotion causes people to do destructive things that you can't take back. And if we don't do something about it, the discourse will get worse. The speed at which it happens will increase. And bad decisions that we can't take back will increase. But I have faith in you, my listener. Because after all these episodes, you're still listening. I know you will take the time to consider what I said today. And you will ask yourself, am I a good enough listener with my kids, with my friends, with my family, with people I don't like? Do I research my pos positions? Do I try to consider where might I be wrong? What can I learn from my critics? I'm going to take the time to write it out before I speak it. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to get other people's opinions. I have faith that you can do that. And you can bring yourself to a higher plane in your ability to discuss things and to persuade people. And to make sure that what you believe is based on truth, not emotion and conjecture and wanting to reinforce your own identity. That's what a pilgrim does, by the way. A pilgrim is always searching. A pilgrim is always willing to take criticism. And we are all pilgrims in this world. So until next time, my friends, aim high. Spread your wings. Keep your eyes on the things that matter. And don't forget to listen and do your homework. And not be afraid to say, I was wrong and I learned something. I'm your host, Silouan. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride. Silouan Green.